The Arizona Wildcats college football experience 2023 team preview season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Hey, this is Eric Metcalf. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. That she's a terrible driver. I forget what Dennis Hopper said in the movie Speed, but it was something like that. And uh, look, you might be wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, uh, my name is Kobe Swigga Database Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, you know I love these team previews. We're on the letter A. The journey just getting started. And uh, and I also believe in speed. Keanu Reeves goes, he called you Wildcat. Arizona, good football team, right? Well, it's been a while since it's been since Rich Rod since I would define them as a good football team. But Jed Fish might have them back on the on the on the way there. And uh, look, I I mean I guess uh, you know actually I have this song too. Arizona Wildcat theme song. I am joined by. Uh, I'm excited to have this guy on the show. I think you're going to be hearing him a lot on the college football experience in the coming years. Dare I say, uh, this guy? He, he previewed a slew of of teams with me last year. I've known him for a few years. He is a college football guru, in my opinion. He's always he, he he's got deep knowledge. Deep knowledge. Give it up for Mike Rose, aka Golf Coast Guru. How you doing, Mike? What's up, man? I always think to myself, I remember last year as you were winning games, you caught fire, you went on that big underdog tear. And I was listening, that Dundee intro got longer and longer <laughs> and longer. And I'm like, this dude's going to get through like the first two movies. It's just going to be the whole show. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get there one day where my name got that clout. You know? <laughs> well, dude, I used to play the land down under music. And, and t- what he's talking about, folks, it got a little, it got, I got so successful. <laughs> 
that uh, I somehow when I, I started to get sued by them. So I, I can't play that song anymore. So, uh, you know, we picked enough winners that uh, they uh, men at work came for me. Who would have thought, but uh, dude, it's great you, to have you, you back. Think man. They'd stay humble, man. You think they'd yeah. stay humble. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping their song relevant. 2023. <laughs> uh, come on, you bastards. What do you think? It's not like I'm sitting here on a yacht. You know what I mean? It's not like I, I'm living in Bora Bora here. Uh, <laughs> But dude, I mean the Arizona Wildcats. First off, great to have you here, and I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Uh, you know, having you here for more previews and more content. We have some more announcements we'll do regarding that. I love your football knowledge, and and I, I'm excited to talk Arizona Wildcat football with you. So I'm glad that you're here, and um, I'm I'm curious just your take on on the state of the program. I know we're diving into uh, you know I have a million a million stats and nuggets about the Arizona Wildcats. And I guess I should just dive right into their history because look, this program has five undefeated seasons in their history. And I like to call those national championships, Mike. So look, I mean, some of those you're like, Hey, they're, they're undefeated. Uh, the more you go through the history of college football, the more you'll be like, wait, huh? Like just blindly off the top of my head. It's like, I think Texas was 11 and one in 1971 or 70. I'm trying to, I, I can't remember if it was 70 or 71. They played Notre Dame, who was eleven and one, right? Texas loses to Notre Dame in the bowl game, so both teams have the same record, right? The same exact record. I'm sorry. So Texas was eleven and zero. Notre Dame was ten and one. They play in the bowl game. Notre Dame wins and dominates the game. Texas wins the national championship. I don't understand it. All right. So all I'm telling you is when I see five undefeated season, fuck it. You're national champions. All right. Until we have a large playoff, because I don't understand, uh, you know, essentially you have like a newspaper, like, you know, uh, the, t- for Arizona standards, it would be like the tombstone gazette just saying, well, Arizona won the national championship. And then the universities will cling on to it. I don't understand why anyone any university that doesn't have an undefeated season hasn't clung on to it. Cause if you go historically through the history of college football, you'll see a lot of those that, and you'll research, you'll be like, Hey, well, where did they win this national championship? And you're like, Oh, the local newspaper appointed them national champions. They don't even cover college football. So five national champions. I'm saying it, I'm saying it here. All right. And, and, and what's, what's Pitt have like 13. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, look, they I'm, claim them all. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a, seven and five. They're, they're winning it all. Dude. <laughs> exactly. They're saying, yeah, we played a tougher schedule. You never know. Now we have this big playoff. Arizona wildcat football is exciting. Jed fish, the rebuild, you know, they, they were a strange team a year ago. I'll just say that. Like they, I watched uh, t- to get ready for this episode. I watched uh, every game over the past week, um, and you know I fast forwarded through some, but they actually played a tough schedule last year. Uh, the non-con was Mike Leach and Mississippi State, the uh, North Dakota State who played for the FCS national championship, and then San Diego State who was a bowl team. So those were their three non-con games. So maybe they would have been a bowl team had they had an eight-game conference schedule. And and uh, you know UTEP and Tulsa on the schedule. Who knows? But I could tell you this: you look at what Jed Fish has done. Five wins is a big step up. You you know it wasn't that long ago. I think it was the COVID season that uh, Kevin Sumlin lost by like seventy points to Arizona State. I mean, in the Territorial Cup. So they they've been getting better. They've been getting better. Can they make the next step? Which I think would be a bowl game. We're going to talk all about it. 
But before I do that, I got to get us paid. I want to tell you that the college football experience, Arizona Wildcats, 2023 season previews brought to you by edge boost. Yes. This episode is supported by edge boost and uh, edge boost is the world's first bet. Now pay later visa card. Yes. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be, you know, just an unbelievably, extremely valuable tool. You know, if you're like me throwing down money, sometimes, you know, maybe you, you lose a close game where you knew you were right, but just bad, bad beats happen. Well, you know, I'm a married man. You don't want to see another transaction with another $700. Your wife's going to be sitting there saying, Hey, what is this? You said you're going to bet some money, it's getting a little crazy now. Well, you know, that's why you can go incognito and, and basically hit up edge boost and say, Hey, uh, loan me that $2,500 and you can get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll or having your girlfriend or wife ask questions or whoever, uh, look double down, you know, you can double down on your favorite bet. You can, uh, you know, perhaps middle or hedge, even though we don't advise to do so here. Uh, my point is, is edge boost is quality. All right. They're not some sleazy loan shark. That's going to be sitting there waiting for you to come out of the bowling alley with a lead pipe. All right. To break your legs. No. Uh, and they don't charge any interest. So it's simple. All right. Here's your $2,500. We're not even going to charge any interest. You're good. I've never heard of something that awesome. Like as far as, as you know, trying to get extra money, you know, so you got to check it out, folks, support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sports gambling slash edge to sign up that sports gambling podcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older to use a uh, problem with gambling called one 800 gambler. All right. We are back on the Arizona wildcats, 2023 preview. I'll play it again. Um, so looking at this season, well, I got a key on the transfer portal. I mean, short of army, Navy and air force, we have to designate, you know, designate like 30 minutes to the transfer portal on every team. It's, it's, uh, so I'll key in on what they lost. All right. And for some reason it feels like it feels like USC and UMass just watched every Arizona game and said, Hey, that kid's good. Let's get him. Um, I know USC playoff contender, UMass, uh, perhaps, perhaps a playoff contender. It's a new year, baby. Um, uh, I know Don Brown was previously the defensive coordinator at Arizona. Maybe that has something to do with it, but uh, defense alignment, JB Brown left for UMass quarterback, Jordan McLeod left for James Madison linebacker, Colby cage. Good name there. Colby uh, went to Southern miss. And I think these two were gigantic. Uh, Keon bars, defensive lineman left for USC. Also defensive lineman, Paris Shand or Shand. I might be butchering that left for LSU and Brian Kelly and his family. Uh, and then wide receiver Dorian Singer, who was a beast last year for the for Arizona, left for USC. Circle those three. There's some more, but circle those three as just catastrophic losses. I would say linebacker Tyler Martin also left for for UMass. Uh, offensive tackle Woody Jean for FAU. Running back Jalen John to UMass. Uh, athlete Anthony Simpson to UMass. Defensive lineman Dion Wilson to New Mexico State. Oh, and this one was huge too. Cornerback Christian Roland Wallace, who is a starter. Also left for USC, and then linebacker Jerry Roberts to UMass. UMass and USC took this whole team. Uh, now, the hard part here is is 
they were not a good defensive team a year ago. I'm going to rattle off the stats in a minute, but you did lose your three best defensive players that were supposed to return. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that is a huge concern to me. Uh, last year, I thought Arizona was a team that really won the transfer portal. This year, they kind of got destroyed in the portal. They added these guys, and I think you'll, I, I'll note the ones that I think will be starting. Defensive uh, lineman Tyler Manoa from UCLA. I actually think he's got a shot to start. Uh, linebacker Oren Patu from Cal. I don't think he'll start, but I think you could see him on the field some. Linebacker Justin Flo from Oregon. Now, this one is, I think, their biggest get out of everybody. I think he'll be starting. Uh, defensive lineman Bill Norton from Georgia, national champion. So that that's a nice addition. Linebacker Daniel Himaluli from uh, Washington. I'm probably butchering the names because I have a hard time with all these Pacific Islanders. Uh, defensive lineman from Indiana, Sio Nofugato Toa. Um, I probably butchering that one too. Wide receiver Montana Lamonius Craig, and I, that was a big one from Colorado because he had the big spring game for Dion. Uh, where he had over 150 yards, I feel like. And, you know, last year he did have a game winning. The Colorado's only win of the season was against Cal, and he had an unbelievable catch in the corner of the end zone. I think he'll step right in and be a starter, probably their third wideout, because I know they're actually very skilled at the wideout position. Defensive end Taylor Upshaw from Colorado also joins him. I think he's got a chance to see the field as well. But I think the big ones are Justin Flo, Bill Norton, and Montania or Montana Lamonius Craig. So that's the portal, but I would still say they lost because they lost singer. They lost uh, the, those defensive linemen that were their best players. They also lost Christian Roland Wallace. I think those are pretty big hits. Even the Jordan McLeod thing to JMU. I thought, you know, there was a decent chance he would be their second string quarterback. Uh, although they got my guy Fafita. Who's who's a beast. Um, you got to I mean, I'm curious your take. Do you, do you agree that the portal, although last year, super kind when they got Jacob cowing and everybody, I feel like this year they kind of got hit pretty hard. I, I think it is a loss. I think there's something to be said for the defense. Uh, it wasn't good last year and they did lose some key pieces off of that bad defense. Uh, I'm sure you'll hit them with the numbers. Uh, they only have three returning starters on that defense from a year ago. But sometimes when you have a unit that performs that poorly, it could be addition by subtraction. (laughs) So, I mean, they lost some key pieces, but they did bring in what I liked about it. It wasn't guys coming from, you know, Sam Houston state, this, that, the other FCS, it was all power five defensive guys coming in and Justin flow. That's a name to watch. I think that guy can make some noise. Um, I I don't think the defense is going to be any worse and the offense is looking good. So while I would call the portal a slight loss, I don't think it was devastating. True. True. And, and I, and I, I actually believe this year's schedule is not as difficult. So sometimes your numbers, I mean, I mean, I think Stanford a couple of years ago, maybe it was 20, maybe it was 2019 or 21. I forget. They played 12 power fives and you're like, well, you kind of got to take all those numbers with a grain of salt because they played 12 power fives. And then you see, you know, uh, so many other teams will have uh, bowling green on the schedule or, or not, that's not a shot at bowling green, but I'm saying like, they'll have FCSs or Mac teams, and then you can pad your stats and really dilute your numbers. So uh, last year's schedule, I do think was pretty hard. Let's talk about that offense though. Jaden Delora, I call him Fran Tarkenden 2.0 because, because this guy, the offensive line wasn't amazing last year, 
and he can buy time. Now, sometimes it gets him into trouble. Sometimes it'll get him into trouble because he's, he'll be sitting there running back, running back, you know, 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I remember a play in the Mississippi state game where he made an unbelievable play. Like, I mean, first off he, he, he drops back, rolls to the left, runs all the way to the right side of the field. So he's about 15 yards behind, behind the line of scrimmage. Then Mississippi state looks like they sack him. He breaks out of it. And then, you know, you're like, Oh my God, this is an incredibly athletic play. But then he rolls to the left side of the field and throws like a 60 yard pass that gets intercepted. And you're just like, dude, if you just throw that away next play, but he's a damn good player. I liked him when he was at Wazoo with Nick Rolovich. I, 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 I still think, I mean, what he's the third, just last season, he became the third leading passer in what Arizona history. So uh, right there, the guy is extremely talented. You gotta like what you, the Pac-12 is actually loaded with quarterbacks this year. Um, last season, uh, and Brennan Carroll's offense, they were 47th in scoring offense, 70th in rush offense, sixth in pass offense, 20th in total offense, top 20 offense in Tucson here in the desert, and like I mentioned, Delora's back. Michael Wiley is back. He rushed for 771 yards a season ago. Guy also has 95 career receptions. Now, Michael Riley is to me, I think they should try to commit more to him. I watched, you know, most recently, I mean, I watched, I watched all the games, but the Arizona state game, uh, the, the dust bowl that I call, I call it the dust bowl. Um, and uh, the UCLA game I watched twice over the past week. And I was watching those and I was like, this guy's good. They need to get him the ball more. I, I would have assumed after watching those games that he had over a thousand yards rushing. He didn't. I know he could have been dinged up some a little bit here and there, but still, I, I think they should make a, more of a point of emphasis to get him the ball. Um, eight starters are back on that offense. Three of five on the offensive line, which should be improved. They lost obviously their star receiver, but I, I wouldn't worry one bit about losing singer because Jacob cowing who had 85 catches for over a, a thousand yards a year ago, he's back. He was the big UTEP transfer. They got late in the transfer portal a year ago, but they also have uh McMillan T McMillan. I call him because I can never to, to Tura McMillan. This guy was like a five star, a four or five star out of Santa Ana biggest uh, re- recruiting in program history. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out of Santa Ana, California and Fafita. Uh, their backup quarterback played with them in high school. So they flashed a little bit in that Mississippi state game when they came in and obviously McMillan, just a beast. So you have cowing McMillan, you add Montana Lamonius Craig. I think your receivers are actually pretty damn good that and your tight end of Tanner uh, McLaughlin. That guy is a beast. That guy emerged as the season went along. I think this offense is really good. I think it's going to be a top 25 offense again. How about yourself? No, I'm, I'm right on par with you. Uh, you had Michael Wiley. He was getting some uh, carries taken away from him from Jonathan Coleman, who is also back. So yeah. they have their two top running backs back. Like you said, receiver room is downright nasty. Cowing also really good in the kick return game. So you have that as well. Uh, McMillan, I expect big things out of him with Singer gone. And uh, you nailed it. Brennan Carroll, his, his, um, his forte is the tight end. So McLaughlin, you saw him improve last year. I think he's going to be just as good. And when you see that tight end coming back to a senior, a lot of experience, you add that to an offensive line with three of five coming back, including this monster Jordan Morgan. You said you watched the games. I remember watching last year 
and seeing that man, 6'6", 320, big left tackle, <laughs> huge. He's good. So um, offense, there's no problems here on offense. I love it. Now, I, I would think Delora another year in the system will probably improve on limiting the turnovers. Now I understand his game is kind of, it's like a little bit of Brett Favre, you know, uh, without, without, you know, the, uh, the painkillers and the dick pics, but um, you know, you know, like he, he kind of, like, best part of Brett yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Kobe? No, uh, on, well, well, actually Delora did get a DUI back at, at, at mm-hmm. Washington state. So that's pretty on par with Brett Favre. Um, but um, I, I do think he's just going to continue this, you know, another year in this offense. I think that should be a lot better and watch out because I think the guy can put up monster numbers and he's a, he is a fun player to watch folks. If, when, if when I, What's that? When I really started liking him uh, was after the Rolovich drama went down, and what happened with Rolovich, I think, was total BS. Man, I yeah. hated it. Yeah, but uh, I remember thinking, like this, this team's gonna quit. This team's done. And Delora came out and said, "Nah, we're gonna rally, and we're still gonna play for Rolo." And he, they went out there and they finished the season all right. I mean, they didn't yeah. hold up. So I said that at that point, I was like, "No, this kid's a dog. He got game." Yeah, and uh, he, he showed it the rest of the season there. He showed it last year uh, with Arizona. So. I'm I'm big on him. He needs to limit the turnovers, but I like him a lot. Hell yeah, man. I, I really believe this offense is gonna fly. Now, the defense. Okay, this is where we buckle up. Because uh 125th in scoring defense, the rushing defense was was awful. 113th, uh also the pass defense, uh 106th. Um, overall their total defense 124th. It's like you mentioned though. I don't really believe you can get worse than that. But, you know, <laughs> well, like I get it. They only have three returning starters and, and you can even debate that certain guys, certain guys didn't start all those games. They started a few and you're just saying, well, they're bringing back three. Um, they're breaking in a brand new defensive line. I think that's one of the most concerning things. You know, the line of scrimmage, there's a reason why Georgia has been winning national championships with a walk on at quarterback. And a lot of it is the defensive line. Um, Linebackers, they bring up Jacob Manu and uh, Traden Stukes are back, and Justin Flo will be in the mix, I think, with them. So I think the linebacker position is their best unit on defense. The secondary only returns one in safety, gun, uh, safety gunner Maldonado. Um, I mean, I got a ton of concerns on the defensive side of the ball. I think, you know, that now the schedule's easier, as I alluded to, but I got a ton of concerns. H- how about you? Yeah, me too. Same exact concerns. And, and my problem is, is three of their more winnable games are on the road. And you like to see a defense that can travel. You like to see a team that can commit to the run and you trust them on the road. That's kind of the formula for good football teams is be able to run the football, be able to play defense that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, buddy, I, I did your mic cut out. I think, I think your mic might've cut out, but anyway, yes, I think that is one of the things though that uh, that has been concerning. If you're an Arizona wildcat fan is your defensive line has uh, your defense in general has been completely, you know, a liability and uh, really for a while the, the whatever happened to the desert storm defense. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that's something they got to get fixed and hopefully defense coordinator, Johnny Nansen is, is up, up for fixing that there. Are you still with me, Mike? I am not hearing you, but uh, so oh, there we go. Oh, I'm I heard, back. Okay, back there we business. go. 
<laughs> there we go. Uh, apologize to the listeners out there, but we're, 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 Hey, it's early we're on the letter a let's go. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, but that secondary, that secondary defensive line, a lot of question marks. Obviously I know you were keying in on the, the road when we lost you for a second there. And I think, you know, when they do hit the road, I think you're right. I think those are going to be some of the more challenging uh, spots this year with such a, with such a questionable defense. Yeah, definitely. Especially, especially with three of those games should be, should be fairly easy wins for this team. That was what I was kind of driving at, but yeah, I don't like that defense on the road at all. Yeah. Special teams though, kicker and punter back and Tyler loop and Kyle uh, Austin Dorp. Those guys I was watching, you know, I just, you know, I know I watched the season last season. I watched all those games, but I watched them this past week getting ready for this episode. And I'm sitting there like, damn, they're pretty good. They're punters money. Their kickers solid. Let's go. Maybe, maybe the special teams like you touched on Jacob Cowling has been a beast in the return game. Maybe that can, they can steal some games perhaps, uh, you know, with, with the special teams. Now last year they drew Washington state, Washington, Oregon, and Cal from the, uh, from, well, I know they got rid of divisions, but those were teams they got from the North essentially. Um, now this season you could argue, I, I think it's easier. Oregon state, Washington state, Washington, and Stanford. I think Stanford's worse than Cal and they don't draw Oregon this year. They get Oregon state, Washington state and Washington who will pro- in my mind will probably be bowl teams, but remember they do not get North Dakota state. They do play, go to Starkville, but once again, Mike Leach isn't there and they, uh, they don't get San Diego state. They get UTEP coming, which I think is an easier game for them. Um, then you have the fact of, well, I don't know. Cause they got Colorado and Arizona state last year who were really down. And I actually think those games will be harder going into this year. We're going to go game by game on the schedule, but would you agree with that take like Colorado and Arizona state were kind of like, they kind of waved the white flag. I felt like I know Arizona state fought hard in the dust bowl or the, uh, the, the, you know, the rivalry game, but I, I kind of feel like there'll be more optimisms around the program, which makes those games a little bit harder this year. You? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Arizona, Arizona state. I mean, obviously you're catching them at the end of the season as always, but that's the problem with Colorado too, is if I was going to pick apart that team, obviously they look like with all the transfers and stuff, maybe they're going to be a lot better. I'm very interested to see uh, when you do the team breakdown on Colorado, what you think, but catching them towards the end of the year, I think that's going to be when they're probably going to be firing on all cylinders and kind of get it figured out. So um, they wiped the floor with them last year. Arizona did, but I, I'm not sure that's going to be the case this time around. Another thing is they were three and one in one score games a year ago. A lot of times, you know, I've been tracking these stats. I know Phil Steele, our friend uh, Phil Steele, does this as well. You know, a lot of times that's not sustainable year in year out to go to you know to to basically have a a winning record. Now that's not some of the teams like TCU were like six and one in one score games. That's really not sustainable. Three and one, maybe, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, all right, let's hop into the schedule. Because if you're watching on YouTube, what you should be subscribed to the College Football Experience on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/TheCollegeExperience. You will see this sweet graphic. Shout out to our guy Cameron Kerr, the uh, who did this sweet graphic for us. Uh, our, the win total is set at five. I think blindly before I looked at the schedule. I said, Hey, they, they could go bowling. I feel like the offense brings back everybody. The defense can't get much worse. So I blindly thought without looking at the schedule, I said, yeah, I think this team's a, 
you know, six or seven win team. I don't know if I agree now we'll, we'll dive into it, but what was your first reaction as well? Mike? Yeah. So I, I kind of thought the same exact thing. I looked at the over under, I said, okay, five, they went five and seven last year. So this program seems to be trending up. I think jet fish has it going in the right direction. Um, but as I got through it and as, as I looked at the spots on the road, like I was kind of talking about, it seemed like it was going to be a little harder. And, uh, I hope this is a program that kind of realized that sometimes when you're progressing as a program, it doesn't happen all at once. And it doesn't always mean your record is better the year, the next year, as it was the year before, even though you're still getting better, there's just tricky spots and other teams are getting better and stuff's just chaotic. I mean, Arizona might be in the big 12 soon. Did you see that? I I did. I did. (laughs) So So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously that would be very crazy news and uh, who knows what, what happens there, but well, they opened the season against the Northern Arizona lumberjacks out of the FCS. Now <laughs> the lumberjacks don't look now Jed fish uh, opened his Arizona coaching career to playing uh, the Northern Arizona lumberjacks. And they came into Tucson and won 21 to 19 back on September 18, 2021. I don't think it was his first game, but it was one of them. Uh, revenge, but also watch out. I mean, if you watch the USFL, Case Cookus, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the USFL, he's a Northern Arizona Lumberjack alum. They got a decent program there in the Big Sky. That could be, it could be a tricky game. If I mean, I I think they should win this, but NAU is not terrible. Is my point. Uh, what do you make of this game? And are you uh, is this one you got you got uh, the the Wildcats winning here? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Wildcats on this one. I I, I love the Northern Arizona play in the Arizona Arizona State. Yes, it's just like yes. uh, Northern Iowa, same thing when they play yes. the Iowa. I Every feel like year. it's usually competitive, but yeah, I got to win for Arizona. I do too, and I think yeah, Northern Arizona should rotate. They should be playing Arizona and Arizona state every other year. And by the way, grand Canyon, who's not located in the grand Canyon, but they're somewhere in the Phoenix area, start your football program. I know you guys have been talking about it. Start your college football program, please. All right. Week two, they head to Starkville. And I think, you know, this is one of the more interesting teams. I think as far as me having no idea, I know we touched on Deion Sanders, right? Uh, And Colorado. And we have no idea really it's really hard for any preseason college football podcast. I don't care if you're affiliated with the university. I think it's a challenge to understand who they're going to be. Right? Well, Mississippi state. I actually have is like, if I was to make a list of 10 teams, I am very curious. They're getting rid of the air raid. And I, 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 I listen to other podcasts that are college football affiliated. And I, I talk to people that write college football that I, you know, I, I do like Will Rogers. I w- I hope he kills it this year, but I am concerned. I, they have him. A lot of people think that he's like a top 20 quarterback this year. He played out of the air raid in high school. So he's played at the air raid of in high school and in college. And now you're going to ditch the air raid and you're going to go under center a lot. That's a little concerning to me. So even though it's in Starkville, I got the cowbell right here. Uh, Arizona fans don't want to hear that, but you know, we were friends of Mike Leach rest in peace. Um, I, I think that's a, uh, I think Mississippi state's going to win this, but I, I have no idea really what to expect with Mississippi state. They bring in the app state offensive coordinator. Now app state did pass a, a little bit more than they used to, but they still were a run heavy team. What do you make of uh, this game and, and Mississippi state this, uh, this season? 
Yeah, that's going to be a really, really interesting game. Um, when I when I make a Mississippi State is I think they're definitely going to take a little bit to kind of figure it out on offense. Uh, I haven't really dug too, too deep into them, but I think as a Blake statement, you're kind of safe to say that. However, um, this particular game, I could see this game being like a 10 to three final score. I think you're still going to have that SEC big defensive line. Uh, we already talked about the defense on Arizona not being that great, but I, I think I think it's just going to be a really, really ugly game where uh, the Arizona offense isn't going to travel as good as they want to. We all know Starkville, tough place to play. So I'm going to predict, I'm putting my money on it. 10 to three Mississippi state. Gets I the love it. I love it. <laughs> hammer, hammer the under here on the college football experience uh, on the, the total for that game. No, I, I got Mississippi state winning the game. Now, Zach Arnett's a D you know, the new head coach of Mississippi state um, taking over for coach Leach. He was the defensive coordinator for Mississippi state a year ago. Uh, runs the three, three, five, the Rocky long defense. And I, I do think they'll be able to, to beat Arizona here. I think it'll be a closer, could be a closer game than perhaps a season ago, which was, you know, kind of got away from them late in the fourth. Um, so I got them at one and one. And then the UTEP miners, Jacob Cowing's old team that lost them. Uh, they, they head over to uh, Arizona stadium in Tucson, Arizona on Saturday, September 16th, UTEP, you know, they had certain games where they looked all right. They just missed out on a bowl. However, I don't think they're very good. And I, I, they've been hitting the portal uh, pretty, pretty bad this year as well. I got Arizona bouncing back and beating the UTEP miners. How about yourself? Yeah, this is the second leg of back-to-back road trip. You've been preaching it for years. It's a stat I follow. So UTEP, even though I don't even think that necessarily matters a ton, I just think it adds to the fact that UTEP has no chance here. And uh, I'm hoping for the best for Dana Demo. I really like him, but I think um, I think his time might be coming there. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it's tough. He's it's it's tough. They have one of the best stadiums, the Sun Bowl, one of the best stadiums, oh, yeah. all, all of college football. Uh, okay, so now you know now is an interesting game because you have Troy Taylor. They have Mississippi State and another team that would be a kind of a mystery team to me is Stanford. Stanford went out and hired head coach Troy Taylor, who uh, did a unbelievable job with Sacramento State in the FCS. They put up a lot of points, but Sacramento State's defense didn't really exist. Um, I'm very curious to see how Stanford is this year with with you know him at, at at head coach, and obviously Stanford always I feel like has solid quarterback play, so maybe the offense will be able to fly with Troy Taylor. Now, no one goes to the Stanford games; they give away free tickets last year. No one shows up. All right, uh, it's ridiculous, but. Um, I, I kind of think Arizona is going to win this one. I think they're going to be three and one, a little bit of an unknown with Troy Taylor. I do think like the offense could, especially knowing how bad Arizona's defense was last year. We, this might be like a 56 to 49 game, but I, I do think Arizona is the better team and I, it's not a, you know, it's not a tough place to play. So I, I think, and that's what makes that Mississippi state game. So interesting. Imagine if they were to, to, you know, somehow pull up the, uh, pull off the upset in Starkville. I think they could start four and O then. And then you never know what can happen with confidence and everything. I mean, I guess you saw Syracuse do that a year ago and ended up, you know, barely uh, getting to a bowl, but what are you doing here in Palo Alto on the farm? Yeah. So I also uh, same exact train of thought as you, I, I have the win here for Arizona. I am a little concerned. I mean, one of the biggest names coming back on that Stanford team is EJ Smith. And uh, we talked about um, Arizona can't really defend the run very well. So um, one thing you can count on is, is you feel like Arizona, or, uh, Stanford 
always runs the ball as much as they can. Now, maybe that does change um, with the new coach and the new system, but I'm giving the win to Arizona, but this is one of those spots I was talking about where I wish these winnable games were at home in Tucson for uh, the Wildcats. Cause I would feel a lot better about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, you said hammer the under on the Mississippi state game. I'm going to say hammer the over on the Stanford game, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, so I got him three and one and then it gets a little tricky. Okay. The Washington Huskies come to Arizona stadium. Now Washington preseason top 10. I feel like by every publication <laughs> that I've read, um, uh, they have Michael Penix, uh, but they took a trip to, it wasn't Arizona. It was Arizona state last year where uh, they got the, they, they got upset after a huge win against UCLA. Oh, wait, no, no, they lost. Yeah. I think they, they beat UCLA and then they, they lost at Arizona, Arizona state. If memory serves me correct, but um, either way, my point is, is that Washington should be really, really good this year. So is there any chance the wildcats can pull off the upset against Caleb DeBauer, Michael Penix and the Huskies? Eileen Washington, but I do think it is a, it is a interesting game because I, I think Washington, their defense could be a little vulnerable and the way that fish in this offense been rolling, maybe they can get, maybe they can get some points on the fact it's in the desert um, is a sneaky, sneaky place. So uh, I'm still taking Washington. What are you doing here? I'm going Washington as well. I mean, this was this was a close game last year. It was only a 10 point game last year. I think it's a shootout. You want to talk about hitting overs. This might be a game to look at the over. Um, but I, I think the Huskies they're they're susceptible to games like this um, where they're on the road and it might be a sleepy little spot. I mean, you, you got to love their home field advantage, but they're not like the road warriors. You know, they're another team, like you said, susceptible defense. So I think this is a ball game, but I'm going to give the edge to the Huskies. Yeah, and look, actually, now that I'm pulling it up, they haven't beaten uh, Washington since 2014. Now they have played yeah. them close in a couple of outings, took them to overtime in 16, uh, five point game in 21, and last time in Tucson, uh, and then last season in Seattle, just a 10 point game. So may- maybe something can happen there. But yeah, I got to take Washington now, and, and this is a brutal stretch here because you go from Washington to the Coliseum in Los Angeles to take on the USC Trojans. And by the way, look, what, even during someone's era, I think I feel like they played USC better than I thought they would. Every game I was like, Oh wow. And I'm looking at the history. They haven't beaten USC since 2012. And that was in Tucson. They haven't won in the Coliseum since 2009. And I think that's rich rods era. Um, Last season's game though, eight point game in Tucson, the game, the year before in Fish's first year, seven point game in LA. Now granted that was clay Helton in the disaster season. Um, but the year before that with someone only a four point loss, they, so they have lost all three, uh, the, all previous three games to USC by one score or less. However, I don't see it happening here at the Coliseum. I think if anything, USC is finally getting their shit together and I got USC winning here. How about yourself? Yeah. I mean, talking series records, we got Arizona versus Stanford over their last six since 2010, Arizona versus Washington. You said losers of six straight against the Huskies and then lost the last 10 since 2012. Like you said, against USC, they're eight and 38 all time against the Trojans. Kind kind of expectable though, you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, if, if there is one thing, like you said, it's been close. Now I think USC does get this win. However, 
if that defense hasn't improved, I mean, this could be a shootout. And this game is sandwiched uh, before Notre Dame for uh, the Trojans. So interesting little look ahead spot. Maybe there could be some magic there. Um, I'm, I'm going USC though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going USC. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe one score game. Who knows what can happen now? This is the f- the front end of the back-to-back away because the very next week, and this is a tough back-to-back away because if you know, from my experiences, whether it was to us hanging out with coach Leach or uh, you know, interviewing some other coaches, they always hate the road trip to Pullman because it's far. It's out of the way. It's normally cold as shit. Now it's October 14th. I don't know how cold. I still think it's going to be cold because that it's like farms. It's a different part of Washington. I know everyone would think Seattle or something. Uh, it is on the Idaho border and it is a very hard place to get to. Um, this game's intriguing because it's the it's the revenge spot. Jaden Delora against his old school. And then you also have the fact that last year they went down to Tucson. Wazoo did. And beat them by eleven. And by the way, just to continue to piggyback on what we were talking about, Arizona hasn't won against Washington State since 2017, uh, and that was in Tucson. They haven't won in Pullman since 2014, which probably was, if I had to blindly guess, I would say it's probably Leach's first or second year. So, and that was Rich Rod. Um, huge game, Pullman, Washington. I lean Wazoo here, man. Even though I think this is a shootout, I think this is a tough road trip because of, you know, you're an Arizona guy. You're not used to going up to this, like just brutal cold. A lot of times rain or, you know, snow or something. I just feel like it's a tough place to play, but I do think these teams are very similar. Like when I was, when I was going through my pecking order in, in the pac 12. Now Wazoo is a great defensive team. Arizona is a great offensive team. They're both kind of on this tier where I don't think they're legit contenders in the Pac-12, but I think they could be bowl teams. Um, I got Wazoo winning it though. What are you doing here? Yeah, I got Wazoo as well. Um, everything you talked about, it's the second leg of a back-to-back. Pullman sneaky home field advantage. Uh, I, I was surprised with Dickert. He he kind of carried on almost like a Mike Leach mindset, and in, in that it's a very physical defense, a, a sneaky surprising physical defense for the style of offense that they play. Usually it doesn't really like go hand in hand like that, but that's the way it is. And this is homecoming for Washington state out there in Pullman, second leg of a back-to-back uh, physical defense against a good offense. But I, I, I don't know. I, I have to go Washington state. The only thing I will point out is this game is between UCLA and Oregon for Washington state. So interesting sandwich spot there, but I give the edge to the Cougs. Yeah. I think the fact that it, it had, they, flip this in the USC game. I would like Arizona's chances a lot better, but the fact you had to go to, to the Coliseum and then the very next week to Pullman, I think that's tough. I, if you're a Wazoo fan, I think you're happy when you see that on the schedule aligning like that. Uh, so, wow. So now, now we got them uh, sitting there at three and uh, three and four heading into their bye week on October 21st. Then comes in the Oregon state beavers. You know, it's funny. I, I was really high on Oregon state last year. They were one of my locks on the win total over and they kind of did it with terrible quarterback play all year. Like they won 10 football games with some of the worst quarterback play that I can recall. Um, I don't know that I can recall like a 10 win team having this bad of quarterback play in some time. And um, they go out and get DJ Uyungle from Clemson. They also have this recruit that, that I know that people are raving about. And we is actually, uh, people think that he's like definitely got the job. 
they're mistaken. They are battling it out right now. And I hear it's close. So uh, Oregon state though, I, I love Jonathan Smith. I think he's one of the most underrated co- coaches in the country. However, I think it's a dangerous spot for them because the bye week for Arizona, there's something always about those night games on pac 12 after dark in Tucson. Now the good thing is though, is that Oregon state also has a bye week the week prior. And I think that's the difference for me here. I, it, I was looking originally thinking, wow, this could be the trap game. I got Oregon state winning this uh, in the desert here. How about yourself? Yeah. Same exact thought process. If it wasn't for Oregon state having the buy as well, maybe I would think a little different about this game, but given that they both have the buy and then you're going to bring Damian Martinez up against that Arizona Swiss cheese run defense. Uh, I, I can't really get behind that too much. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the beeves. Yeah. And then, and then the very next week, chip Kelly, remember they upset the Arizona wildcats. One of the games I watched the other day uh, was them in the Rose bowl upsetting chip Kelly and us or UCLA. And that this one's interesting to me because this is one that I try to look with, with all these teams. Uh, I try to say, what's the game I'm not seeing that they could be winning here. And I kind of thought if there's one that I'm not seeing, it's UCLA, right? Because they're, they're, they're they might be starting Dante Moore, a five-star freshman. If so, freshmen's normally struggle on the road. You know, I understand they have Colin Schley and Garbers and maybe, maybe that works at may, maybe they're okay. But if there's one that I'm not seeing and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm calling for an upset November 4th in the desert. Give me Arizona beating UCLA. What are you doing here? Did, did you copy my homework, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the same way, man. Uh, they got them last year. This is homecoming in Tucson. Good spot. Um, I'm going to say the game we're not seeing. It's either this game or Washington. I feel more comfortable saying that UCLA loses on the road homecoming in Tucson. I'm not trusting with, uh, Chip Kelly's putting down right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm lockstep man. Win for uh win for Arizona here. There we go. And, and th- so that, that then puts us, that's a, uh, that's win number what four. So remember that total sitting at five and now they head to Boulder, Colorado, one and 11 Colorado a year ago. This is the, the part that's, this is, they have three kind of mystery games on the schedule with Mississippi state, Stanford and Colorado, but I'm going to take the buffs. I think, cause I have, I think Colorado now people should know. Yes. I grew up rooting for the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, you know, so I am a bit biased, but at the same time, I feel like if you want to play Colorado, you want to play them in September or October by November. I do feel like, cause I really feel like this team is a lot more talented than a year ago's team. Now I, they have some glaring weaknesses. I think the defensive side of the ball, Colorado is not going to be very, very good, especially on the pass rush side of things. A secondary, I actually think will be pretty solid. Um, they kind of go hand in hand though. You give Jaden Delora a lot of time. He's going to probably find somebody. However, it's in Folsom. It's November 11th. It's going to be cold as hell. Uh, I got Colorado winning this yourself. I'm curious. Cause I, this is like kind of pissing in the, in the wind here. What are, what are you doing here? It really is. Um, this, there, I mean, there's a narrative where the Buffs and, and Coach Prime, who who I absolutely uh, soft spot in my heart forever, Coach Prime. But there's a narrative where this team things don't go well and and they shut down and players start fleeing midseason and all that crazy stuff. However, they got three of those road games that I was talking about where I really wish they were home games. 
This is one of them. I gave them wins in the other two. The next one's coming up soon, but I gave them a loss here going to Colorado. Um, I don't know. Ralphie, Coach Prime, too much, too much. I'm, I'm going the bus. I agree. I think the <laughs> elements, and I also think Colorado will probably be. They have a lot of young talent, and I think you know what you may see in September may be different come November. Um, so I got the Buffs winning this one, and then comes the Utah Utes to Arizona Stadium. Cam Rising, Kyle Whittingham, always one of the most underrated coaches in America. I I, I was thinking about this. I I almost did this as my UCLA play because. One thing I know about Utah, Utah is really, really good in Salt Lake City, but they can over the years be bit on the road. I kind of thought this could be the one, but then I was like, no, nah, Whittingham's always so good on all phases. They normally have a great special teams. They normally create turnovers. Taking Utah, but I'll say this closer than the experts think. Arizona keeps it close. I, I give me like a 35 31 Utah win. What are you doing here in Tucson? Lockstep, man. Uh, I'm going with the win for the Utes, but this is the second leg of a back-to-back following uh, Washington. So they're coming off the Huskies on the road. Then they're going to travel to Tucson. So it's a very, very weird, creepy little spot. Very tough for a team that doesn't always perform that well on the road. So I think this is a dicier spot than people are going to realize. But I do think the physicality of a Utah Whittingham team, I think it's going to take over. I think it's going to get it done. I'm going Utes. Yeah. And by the way, I think my math was wrong before on the total. I was like, they're one game off, right? I think so. The wins right now with one game left, uh, Northern Arizona, UTEP Stanford, uh, that's three wins right there. Oh no, I am one game off. Okay. And then the fourth being UCLA. So uh, my math was correct, but over the course of my life, it's been very questionable. Um, So uh, now we head to the territorial cup, the dust bowl, AKA Arizona, Arizona State, Sun Devil Stadium. This game's interesting to me this year. It was super interesting. I'll be honest. Arizona State, I'll give them credit. They fought hard last year considering Herm had been fired. That was a game. That was a game. That that's why rivalry games are great, is because coming into that, I thought Arizona was going to destroy him. It was a very close game. Um Kenny Dillingham comes into Arizona State. He's a former high school guy, went to Arizona State. Coached in the uh, high school in the state, he's already retweeted some disses towards the University of Arizona that I know of. So um, this this rivalry is alive and well. It's in Tempe. It's at Sun Devil Stadium. If I gotta lean, I lean Sun Devils, man. I lean Ooh. Sun Devils, but I think it's a game. I think it's a game. I know people are gonna be listening to this saying I'm an asshole. I'm terrible. I think it's a field goal game. What are you doing here? Look, okay. Here's my thing. Even if they hit this, if they win this, you're still at the number five. So then you got to ask me, is it more likely that they get to six for the over to cash or the under? And I think it's more likely that the under does because I'm giving them UCLA. I'm even giving them Stanford, which I think who knows, they're kind of an unknown team. I think this is a winnable game. I think this is a very winnable game. So I can understand. And I, they'll probably be favored because I do think they're, they're ahead of schedule. But to me, much like the Colorado argument, I'd rather play Arizona state in September than November. What are you doing here at sun devil stadium? Yeah. So this reminds me of like back in high school, you talked about your math grades. Mine weren't great either. 
I'd be copying off the smart kid next to me. And then like, I'd throw a couple answers towards the end. Like, all right, I can't have the same answers of them the whole way. 80%. That's still a B. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and throw these last two. I'm different than you on this one. <laughs> so we finally got one. Uh, I'm going to go with the sun devil or uh, I'm sorry, the wildcats. Um, I think the continuity for jet fish is going to show through in this game. I think Arizona state, I mean, they were like, they were, purposely giving plays away to opposing yeah. teams to get Herm Edwards out of there. That kind of stuff that's going to catch up with you. I think Dillingham's a good hire. I think it's going to pan out, but I think it's going to take a little bit to get some stability in that program. Whereas I think fish, you're not going to see it in the record, but I think this team is on the upswing. I think they're progressing. So I give the edge to the wildcats here. I'm, I'm, I'm going with them for the win. Wait. So then you're right on the number five. So I, I yeah. got to ask you the question then. Is it more likely that they go four and eight, or is it more likely that they go six and six? So I got them winning two of those three 50 50 road games that I was talking about. Plus, I got them beat them, beating uh, UCLA. I think I think the under is the play here. I think that's where I lean. I think it's a lot more likely that they uh, they lose an extra game than pick one up. Especially when you're considering replacing the whole defensive line. I understand they can't get much worse, but a lot of unknowns. I know that they could they could win the Arizona State game. They could win the Colorado game for all I know. But I just feel like they also will be a dog against UCLA. I'm going under on the Wildcats. I think the floor has risen. I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Colorado and Arizona State, I think especially they get them in November. I think like I said, you want to get Colorado and Arizona State in September, even the first week of October. Uh, but getting them in November, I think they're going to be pretty solid that by then they're going to be coming around some. So I think that doesn't bid well for them. And then, uh, so they did get Stanford early in the season and I gave them the win. I did not give them the win against the other 50, 50 teams uh, towards the end of the season. I'm on the under, but uh, look, I don't want you to turn off this episode yet. All right. Because we want to talk about Arizona football stadium before I do that though. I want to tell you that we're brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Best ball mania is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Plus uh, plenty of ways to win with uh, NHL, NBA, NB or MLB. Uh, they have player prop parlays. They're absolutely fantastic. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Look, Arizona fans. I don't want you to turn it off because I'm on the under and I picked Arizona state, even though I would understand that. Um, look, I'm even thinking about potentially going to a game in Tucson. I, I definitely love the basketball program and, and your fan base there, but I got a chance to chat with um, a friend of the program, Michael Barker, who is better known on, on Twitter as college football campus tour. So this is our interview regarding the Arizona Wildcats and Arizona stadium. All right. We are here. Uh, I am joined by college football campus tour, AKA Michael Barker folks. First off, before we dive into Arizona football and their, their, the Arizona stadium, uh, give him a follow on Twitter at CFB campus tour. Cause this guy's been to every single FBS stadium, all 133, and then a ton of FCS stadiums too. And he goes to four or five, sometimes six games a week. You got to follow him. He posts a photo that is always fantastic regarding the, you know, the, the shot of the game, uh, Michael appreciate you joining us and uh, talk to us about Arizona stadium and the, with the wildcats. So Arizona stadium, first of all, thank you for having me. Arizona stadium, Tucson, Arizona, pack 12 opened in 1929, uh, started with only 7,000 seats and over the nearly hundred years since original construction, 
it now holds 50,000. What's interesting is uh, that they also, uh, they had their first night game way back in 1931. And you wouldn't think the night games happened in 1931, but it did. Uh, there's beautiful views of the Santa Catalina Mountains and the Tucson skyline. And they also host the annual Arizona Bowl at Arizona Stadium. Which you and you've been to that bowl as well as catching Arizona games. Yeah, so I, I saw one Arizona, uh, the Wildcats game in 2021, and two of the most memorable Arizona bowls that there's been uh, in 2017. New Mexico State uh, got their first bowl game victory in 60 years in overtime. The running back Larry Rose uh, scored from 27 yards out, ran. Uh, walk-off win. Uh, fans rushed the field. He ran all over the place. And then last year, it was another great game. It was Wyoming and Ohio, another overtime, and Ohio scored uh, in overtime for another walk-off win. So uh, great experiences there, two of them in the bowl game. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And I know Las Cruces isn't that far from Tucson. So those fans might have showed up. Might have been a home game for New Mexico State there. Uh so uh look, the stadium bit since since when? Nineteen what, twenty-nine? Is that what you said? Nineteen twenty-nine. It's one of the older stadiums on the West Coast or western uh area. You know, when we think of older stadiums, we're thinking of SEC, we're thinking of Ivy League. So to have one that's nearly a hundred years old and has expanded up to fifty thousand is pretty amazing. And, and when you go and you see the stadium, you can see the, I'm going to call them concrete towers, but the, uh, the <laughs> original exterior is still there and they've just branched off it. Uh, if you go to the roadside, the upper level, it is a hike. So uh, it took ingenuity. It took imagination to turn a uh, hundred year old stadium that held 7,000 into a PAC 12 level uh, venue. There you go. And look, folks, you don't need to go see the Cardinal Stadium. All right. Just go out, drive, drive out to Tucson, catch a Wildcat game. I got to get to the stadium. I haven't been to this day. I've been to Tucson, but, but never, never for a football game. I need to get out there and check a game. Arizona Stadium since 1928. Folks, give Michael a follow on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour. And look, if you're in the great state of Arizona, Look, I, I know Tucson, I think, is only like an hour, uh, maybe two hours at the most from like Phoenix. Get yourself out to an Arizona football game and enjoy some Wildcat football with Jed Fishing Company. Michael, thank you for hopping on uh, and talking Arizona and, and the Arizona Stadium. Absolutely, Colby. Thank you. There we go. From from one Michael to the other. Uh, look, man, that's an old stadium on the West Coast, man. We got to. We got to plan a trip out there at some point. Uh, check out a little Jed. Now, let me ask you this: check check out Jed Fish and the Wildcats. But if they go five and seven, four and eight, you think the seat's hot coming into year four? I don't think so. I, I think the Wildcats program—they've brought a lot of coaches with a lot of experience and a lot of championships, a lot of wins on their resumes around that program. And I think they knew when they took it over. What a big project they 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 really had going on. Not like uh, Georgia Tech who brought in Jeff Collins and they fired him after four years, expecting him to switch from the triple option yeah. uh, to a spread, you know, spread option. But I don't know, man. Um, I, I really think expectations are tempered there. I think they got it figured out. I think they know they're heading in the right direction. So um, no, I think he's safe for the year. I, I don't really think it matters unless he loses every game, but like one, I think he's cool. Yeah, I think he's safe this year. Maybe next year. I, I don't know though. I kind of think they might give him five. They might give him five. Maybe the pressure for from realignment though. You never know. But folks, 
Uh, I'm on the under. He's on the under. Hopefully, I'm wrong, man. I got nothing against this Arizona team. I enjoy rooting for him. I remember one of my favorite games I ever saw was a Arizona at Washington game in like '98 when Ortiz Jenkins had a crazy game-winning touchdown. So I hope th- I'm wrong about the Wildcats. So, but regardless, I'm on the under. He's on the under. Folks, subscribe to the College Football Experience. We're on Twitter at TCE on SGPN, and obviously, we're we're available wherever you can get podcasts. Spotify iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so please uh, check us out there. Also subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. We talk college football year round here. Uh, not only and, and look, maybe Northern Arizona fans are listening to this. We also cover the FCS too. So check us out. All right, uh, folks. Uh, I want you to uh, give me a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPM, but I also want you to give Mike Rose here, AKA golf coast guru a follow on Twitter at golf coast guru. All right. And also check out live edge slabs LLC. All right. Look, if you're in Vegas, you want, you want a nice fucking table, right? I mean, what they do over there is fantastic. I really believe look side hustle alert here. I, I, I you know, you, you should check it out. That's all I'll say. Check it out. You, you I, we just got a brand new studio SGPN in, in Los Angeles, California. Had I known about these guys, I would have ordered our tables from them. So check them out as well. Uh, Mike care to say anything else about, uh, about uh, Arizona football or uh, your tables? <laughs> uh, I'm all the way. I'm all on board for Arizona football. Go jet fish. I hope I'm wrong too. Just like you said, live edge slabs guys, go check them out. Live edge slabs, LLC.com. Uh, also Facebook, Instagram, go tell them Mike sent you. Uh, and you heard it on the Colby D show that way, yeah. you know, they're like, Hey, Look at that guy. He's a shop manager. He's a blue collar man. He's sending people over. My boss, he's going to be all pumped up, stoked about that. So, hey, you know, I'd appreciate it, guys. Really nice tables, honestly. It's a good product. So I believe on it, uh, in it. And uh, Colby, thanks for letting me shout him out. Of course, man. Look, everyone needs a good table. I don't care where, look, where you're, wherever you're living, whether you're in Arizona or whether you're in Alaska, like we all need a good table. It, too many times you go out and buy like a stupid Ikea table and it's the, you, a year later, you're back in the same spot. Go get a real table, invest people. Uh, so also check out the sports gambling podcast though, folks, we have the SGPN app, which is available for free to download in the app store and Google play store. We also have sports gambling You should get either, or the app is free. We're not trying to hustle. We're not trying to take any of your money, but with that, you'll get all of our podcasts, all of our, you know, all of our interviews, all of our other shows. You know, we've had so many great people on the show. Obviously Mike Leach, who Arizona faced last year was a good friend of ours. So you would get all of our interviews with, with whoever we get on the show. So check us out. And uh, yeah, until uh, the next episode, where we're going through the A's. hundred, by the way, 133 teams we're previewing here on the College Football Experience. We do it each and every year, folks. So uh, make sure you check out all the other episodes. Perhaps, perhaps you're 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 an Arizona State fan listening to this episode, wanting to know about the enemy. Well, make sure you check out the Sun Devil one too. I know that's disgusting for me to tout that on this episode, but. I just gotta. I just want to tell you that all 133. We're covering them all. Go check them out, folks. And uh, all right. Well, until next time. This is the college football experience. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. X marks the spot. X marks the crossroads. Two stars.
straight lines crossing over in the middle. That's the letter you must see to find the treasure or the clue or the X-ray machine that's looking right inside of you. X is the letter without which one could not do. X marks the spot. 